You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. Where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. Hope you've been having a killer week so far. I most certainly have been. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If someone in your life that loves music, someone that is that person that introduces you to all of the best bands, well, you should let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You can tell them that there are over 380 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians we talk all about their life and music while sharing craft beers if you're to encourage one of your music loving friends to become a brand new vox and hops head that would be something that i would truly appreciate now today in the podcast i'm very stoked to be with the vox and hops album review crew and we are going through our top 10 albums of 2022 get ready everyone this is vox and hops episode number 384 I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm very, very stoked to be with the Vox and Hops album review crew. Uh, here we are at a Thirsty Thursday virtual hang. Uh, we are funnily recording this uh, with me with no power. It's actually never happened the first time uh, me recording an episode in my house with actually no power going on. So, uh... We're having fun, and Philippe de Vitesse from the Whispers from the Void podcast is hosting the meeting for me because I'm probably going to lose power again when my battery drains, and I'll join on a different device. But that doesn't matter. We are here to talk about the top 10 best albums of 2022 with the Vox and Hops album review crew. Uh, we got Phil de Vitesse from the Whispers from the Void podcast. We have Evan Welch, the other half of the Whispers from the Void podcast. We have Jimbo joining us. It is 2 o'clock in the morning for him, and he is hanging out with us because he lives in Germany, the Aussie in Germany, and we have the metal architect himself, Jerry Monk. Um, boys, how you guys doing? Oh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. When I saw that you lose, uh, the power was like, oh, how are we going to do it? Like, I just didn't understand. And then, like, you said, oh, it will only come on, like, at night. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, so let's do let's do it. Can I host it? <laughs> well, thank you for that. You're making this a, a possibility. Uh, if not, it would not be happening. I, I successfully managed to mute the beeping that was happening in my house about one minute before I sat down here with you guys, because that would have been fucking annoying for everyone. Evan, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, me and Phil were doing an episode when um, the news broke. So um, always happy to be here. Happy to be back, baby, all that. Um, but love seeing all your massive loves to you and the little one and the missus, of course. We have missed you, but I know what it's like. And you're busy and you're, you're working a new job and you're waking up at a obscene hour. So, so I'm happy the sacrifice you're making tonight to hang out with us. Jimbo's making a bigger sacrifice, uh, two o'clock in the morning. Jimbo, how you doing? I'm good. I mean, I'm sure whatever sleep I'm losing is, is nothing compared to what Evan's dealing with at the moment. So I'm not going to complain. I mean, I, I, um, we actually just got back from a Christmas dinner on a, on a Thursday, which I, where I had to sli slightly sort of curtail my alcohol consumption a little bit compared to the other people there but i also spent three hours listening to reggaeton at this party Ooh. so i am um pretty keen to talk about metal let's just say that <laughs> 
Well, thank you for the sacrifice of not enjoying a bunch of uh, delicious German beers uh, when you were being bombarded with reggaeton. Uh, the sacrifice is appreciated. Uh, Jerry Monk, the Metal Architect, how you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just another Thursday night here in Texas. Well, we get to hang out, so that makes it a good one. Yeah. Vlox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music and craft beer. Uh, let's just go through around and talk about uh, what are we drinking right now? What are we going to start off with? I imagine this is going to be a long podcast. We're going to go through probably two beers. Uh, what are we starting off with, starting with you, Phil? I have the Ojibwe uh, bourbon bitter uh, by Le Prospecteur. Uh, I, I love the bottle, actually. I fucking love the label. It's like a paper and like around the bottle, but like big paper around the big bottle. So like, I don't know if we can see it a little bit. Uh, let me just like, yeah, like this. And yeah, uh, fucking great, fucking great beer. I, I just poured it like it's a bitter. It's bitter, but barrel aging bourbon. Sounds amazing. Uh, Evan, how, what are you drinking tonight? I got uh, some Guinness. I have about six over here. Oh, shit. Um, but I also grabbed a uh, Grim Ritual Pilsner uh, from Four Phantoms Brewing. It was the one they made for RPM Fest, which me and Phil went to this year, which was fantastic. Um, and uh, it's a delicious delicious little beer so i'll have that at some point tonight very sick how about jimbo what are you drinking on your side there um i i've just polished off the uh the hellas i was drinking to drink something a little bit uh stronger it's a uh Kraftwerk um ipa from i think it's from munich so this is an eight percent i mean i would call that a double ipa really um anything above sort of seven and a half percent and it's called Hophead. it's very good it's very very well balanced american style ipa um nice and uh nice and hoppy with uh with german hops i believe it's very good very sweet how about the metal architect what are you going to be enjoying tonight i've got this uh little treat that was sent by colby from your brutal montreal year with the uh svetli zitni uh the check locker? Hell yes. Le Patikaire, the, the Zvetli Vesepni, the light check logger. Delicious. It's so light, uh, 4%, so crushable. On my side, I'm going to be drinking something uh, very special, something that uh, just arrived at my house from Texas. Uh, Velvet Hammer Imperial Red Ale from uh, Petit Colas Brewing Company. Uh, talk to me about this beer, uh, Jerry. Uh, you, you seem to probably know a little bit more about it than I do. Yeah, that's one of the uh, original breweries that started when the craft beer scene started down here. Uh, it's, uh, like he says, Imperial Red. Any bar that has craft beer usually has that beer uh, on tap or in a can. Uh, and they've recently just started distributing to bottle shops. It's something that people have pushed really hard for the brewer to do. He's been more of like take uh, take home but uh, he's finally folded to the to the public. But he he was very instrumental in getting beer to go originally from breweries because before it was you pay ten dollars for a tour and you got three beers and there was like no sales outside of that in Texas. You had to do like growlers and that was it. Like there was no can. And he went he was he was a lawyer and he went down to Austin and got a lot of the laws changed to where canning and distribution laws got changed because the laws here were super archaic when craft beer started. 
Well, cheers to him for, for pushing boundaries and being an innovator and bending the laws, because uh, I'm stoked to be holding this in my hand right now. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, people. Smells amazing. Smells hoppy. Cheers. And like sweet caramelly. It's good. It's warm. You can feel the alcohol and the warmth of it. Um, very smooth, though. Um, delicious. Massive cheers. Uh, very happy to be hanging out with you talking about our top 10 albums. Now, 2022 was a massive year. It was a hard, hard task to pick 10 of the best. It is. Uh, we are each going to go through this individually, choosing our favorite albums. Starting at number 10, uh, I'm going to put some rules in because it, it is a, you know, we got to go through 50 albums right now together. So, so I'm going to put a two minute time limit per album discussions i think that will help it roll and keep it going smoothly i have a phone here that i'm going to keep running two minutes throughout as we get through this and uh let's just jump straight into it let's let's start let's just start we'll start with uh, the whispers from the void podcast you guys made two separate lists let's start with phil who came in at number 10 for you guys uh yeah for me a uh, number 10 uh, i have it right here it's uh yatra uh born into chaos and i see uh, the face of evan that is just like no no why did you do that <laughs> we we talked about it and i was like yeah it, it just uh, i'm sorry man i'm so sorry but yeah yatra death metal I don't remember where, from where it's from America. I know because I saw them at RPM Fest uh, this year. Uh, it was fucking good. The album is fucking great. Uh, it's just like for me, why it's number 10. It's just like it's so, it's death metal. I love it straight into your face, but so much good albums. And I had to just like make a decision. And I had to, and I had to put it at number 10. So yeah, am I under the two minutes? <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. One minute actually. I think. Well, I think we can even go with one minute. Maybe if we go to two minutes, that's okay. But that was very good. Um, I have power back. We'll see how long that lasts. But that is a good step in one direction. Um, how about you, Evan? The other half of the Whispers from the Void podcast. What is your number ten album? My number ten is Sky Pig. It thrives in darkness. It was a self release. Came out October eighth. Um, I mean. Primal, Doom, Groovy. I mean, it's pretty much, it's a nice little descent into what I imagine a lot of bands tried to capture a while ago. But um, I really enjoyed it. You guys should definitely give it a listen. Uh, it's a, probably the shortest album I have on my list right now. But Amazing. Amazing. We're doing well time-wise, people. Let's go. Let's see if Jimbo can keep up. Number 10 on your list, Jimbo. I know it's hard hard for you to get 10 down. Uh, you had 11 for a while. You had two number sevens, but it's okay. We got it down to 10. And what is your number 10? The fact that I had 11 is only because uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I had two number sevens for, for a while. So we eliminated <laughs> one. But I, and I ended up changing my list, and, and I've gone with... Um, I've gone with Blind Guardian's new album, The God Machine, because what better for an extreme metal podcast than some power metal? It's just what everyone wants. But like, I mean, I'm a long, you know, and a, a longtime Blind Guardian fan. But honestly, the last the last few albums that they put out have really left me cold because they were pushing much more into this sort of uh, progressive direction. But they've made a deliberate decision to go back to the sort of thrashier. Uh, more speed metal oriented stuff that they were doing in the nineties. And um, 
I, I couldn't be happier. So this has got for me everything that that I would want as a as a Blind Guardian fan from an album. It's got this sort of it's got this these bombastic sections with these you know very well executed classical sort of power metal vocals. They're a little bit operatic, but it's not over the top with the orchestration. It's got this super catchy, very fast speed metal riffing. Hansi's a great vocalist. I think that the um, the drummer Frederick doesn't get enough credit because he's just a, a, a phenomenal drummer. But I, and I don't think this album is necessarily going to win any. If if somebody had never listened to Blind Guardian before, I wouldn't say go and listen to this album as your first Blind Guardian album. But as a fan, this is just so. This is such a return to form for me that I that I had to include it in the top ten because it it it's it's just it's it's so so good. Some of the tracks on there are, are, are some of the best tracks they've done in like probably fifteen years. Really good, amazing. Uh, Jerry Monk. All right, my number ten. The title is probably going to take the whole two minutes to get out. It's uh, breaths. Though life has turned out nothing like I imagined, is far better than I could have dreamt. Uh, this is the second album from a one-man, let's say, post-metal mixed with some black metal. Um, this was one that I kind of like went tug of war with with another album. Should this be ten? But the lyrics on this album is what made me put it in my top 10 it, a very emotional very deep talking about his life and i connected with a lot of the lyrics especially the last song on the album uh it and musically it's it's pretty good as well this for being his second album and he's he's done some other projects in the past uh, he was a guest on the podcast yeah this lyrically this is a fantastic album it's very cathartic very emotional and for I've talked to him from time to time. He's already working on new material for another album. So maybe next year we'll see another one. Hell yes. And he definitely is because uh, he sent me some stuff already. And he may be writing a track just for me. Um, my number 10 is uh, something a little different. Um, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. And I'll preface my entire list by stating that uh, it's the albums that I listen to the most this year. So Ghost Imperia came out uh, March 11th via Loma Vista Records. Uh, catchy as fucking hell. Old school, um, majestic, uh, earworm melodies. Um, there's some of their heaviest material that they've written in, in probably the past few albums on this. The guitar solos are fantastic. It's memorable. Uh, just something that I kept turning back to and wanting to listen to again and again. And I found myself doing that, and I still put it on and spin it, and I'm still as satisfied as the first time. But I do remember the first time I put it on, I was like, what the hell is this? This is way too power metal for me. And then I just couldn't stop listening to it. So Ghost, Imperia, I'm surprised it's on my list, but it is number 10. Number nine, let's keep it rolling. Uh, back, we'll just keep going through the same order. We'll make it be super easy. Uh, Philip, what would hit number nine on your list? My number nine is Bloodbath survival of the sickest well to to be honest it's like you and ghost i never thought i would like it because to be fair my favorite era of bloodbath is michael Ackerfeld. this is my favorite era and i don't care what people think it's a great era i love michael Ackerfeld. the era with olnick was weird to be honest like the first album they did with olnick i was like nah it's okay but not like more okay it's 
okay. Just okay. This one, they changed the tone of the guitar to fit with the vocal. And I thought it was very, very clever because I felt the vocals were more in place with the guitars and with the sound of Bloodbath. It's a new era of Bloodbath. So you need sometimes to change a little bit the sound. So it's fucking good. That album is fucking great. And the guest, the guest featuring on those on this album, Barney Greenway from Napalm Death and Le Clemet from Gorguts on that fucking album. I was like, okay, this is good. The songs are catchy. The songs are brutal. It's fucking good. I love it a lot. Bloodbath, Survival of the Sickest. Uh, Let's see. My next one, I went with Witchfinder, Forgotten Mansion. This was a little bit of a release. It came out November 18th under uh, uh, Miss Red Sound. And Stoner Doom for me has sort of just been like something that's always appeared in my top tens recently. Just Doom in general. Uh, I've really taken a huge liking to these past couple of years. And uh, I enjoy this record. It's got a lot of depth to it. It's got a lot of... uh, Neat little rememberable um, riffs and the ambient uh, side of the record, like with the vocals. I just, I always know what I'm listening to. So amazing. I like to check that out. I'm getting more into Doom as my life progresses as well. Jimbo, hit us with number nine. Well, I mean, for, I'm following that up with a, with another Doom recommendation. At number nine, Ataraxi, The Last Mirror. So this is a a, a sort of, I don't know, death doom, funeral doom band from, uh, from Spain. So it has these really, this very oppressive, um, atmosphere, really crushing guitars, this sort of sparse, um, disembowelment influenced, uh, style of death doom that seems to be very prominent, uh, these days, uh, that, that's great. So you have this, these, these very crushing sections and then these, these sections are very sparse, ambient um, lead guitars as well, but um, really anguished vocals that remind me a bit of Martin Van Drunen from Usfix and, and other bands. Very, very slow in the doom sections, but when the death metal hits, these guys really, they they speed up a lot and they're really savage in a way that, that that's sort of reminiscent of Incantation, for example. Really great cover art, um, and it has this sort of, goth atmosphere at, at, at times uh but it but it it's it's gothy with but but stays very murky and, and crushing at the same time i don't know if if much of that makes sense but i think if if um if if you're a fan of of any any of the the recent sort of death doom that's been coming up from bands like worm or whatever i would definitely check these guys out i, I thought this is a great album the metal architect number nine Number nine for me was the new the debut album from North Dakota's Mall. It's Seraphic Punishment is the name. Them and Phobophilic are both leading the charge for Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, this one, I would say, is very, if you're trying to get into a new wave of OSDM, it would be very accessible. There's like hardcore. There's some groove. There's a lot of different elements that these guys put into their sound i know some of the songs on here are re-recorded of from their demos and their eps i don't really care i mean there's a bunch of pretty much 80 percent of this album is new stuff so it's for me it's it's a solid album and 
I can't wait to catch them live because I've seen some video and their energy seems to be fantastic. So that's mall seraphic punishment. Fantastic. Just like this beer, Jerry, it's it's really fucking good. It's uh, very, very good. Uh, for myself, uh, if you know me, you won't be surprised about this. August 19th, via Sergeant House, Russian Circles, Gnosis. Uh, love them. I've loved Russian Circles for years now. Uh, I love post-metal, um, you know, vocalist music. I like to, it's something that gets me into a trance as I'm walking, let's say, or if I'm working on something, the vocals won't bother me as much. Uh, Gnosis is a great continuation of everything they've done in the past. The groovy um, chug riffs that they pull off uh, are super memorable. And then there's the complete opposite where it gets really zen and... Um, Spacey, the shoegaze, I guess, would it be? Um, moments are extremely uh, fantastically executed. Very, very memorable. Weird little tool-esque moments, which is something new, I feel, for Russian circles. I really, really enjoyed this, and I'm I, not surprised that I did it, but I am sort of surprised it's on the top ten. But I keep going back to it, and uh, that's the thematic of my list for this year. Just keep going back to these albums. It's the albums that I listen to the most throughout 2022. We did it. That's number nine. We're moving on to number eight. Philip of the Whispers from the Void podcast. What is your number eight? My number eight, uh, we are going uh, a little bit away from the death metal. We are going in the Doom section. Doom pop with Soam, the shape of everything. Wow. Uh, I, I was blown away by that, by that album. I heard that. I was like, yo, it, it's just so good. It's like, I felt some Devin Townsend vibe in that, in that album. I was like, you know, I'm a jerk for Devin Townsend. I just love this guy. And those sounds, I was like, okay, it's really reminiscent of this. It was like, it was so like something like it's, I don't know how to describe it really. It's like it's it's something from Pelagic Records, so it's very like the ocean in a way. It's very it, it's doom, but it's not doom like depressive. It's doom very melancholic, very uh hopeful in a way. So yeah, uh I just enjoy it. I, I, I cannot describe it more. Go listen to it, it's so good. I love it. Killer band, I love some and anything from Pelagic is a stamp of approval for me, as you will find out in the next few weeks when I release an episode with Robin from the Ocean Pelagic. Uh, let's keep going. Evan, the other half of the Whispers from the Void podcast. Uh, this next album really kind of bounced all over my um, my list. It was a bit of an earworm. I've always remember it, and I always seem to be going back to it. When it first came out, February 4th, I just wanted to sort of like, I just kind of listened to it once and then I never really got back to it until later in the year. But I went with uh, Venom Prison, uh, Erebus. It was released under Century Media. I know there was a lot of hype that originally happened when this album came out. And then I felt like everything kind of died down after that. And I think that after, I don't know, I don't know if it ever really met the hype, but it's a great record. Uh, I really like the guitar play. The vocals I dig, and it's just always been in my ears throughout the years. So, hell yes, um, Jimbo, number eight. Where are we at? Okay, uh, I do not know how to pronounce this album name, but we'll go for it. I'm going with a band called Osir, 
uh, from uh, Barcelona, and the album is called, we'll just pronounce it in full phonetic Australian, El Noose Cants Del Sibyla. There we go. Good enough. So so the, the fucking, the cover art of this has a sort of a chariot ridden by, by a goddess with a spear that's being pulled by some sort of giant bear who has like nine snakes instead of a head. And that pretty much describes what you're going to get with the album because the music is absolutely fucking insane. It's very, very intense, sort of very savage death grind. Um, there's there's a lot of touch, which is this kind of music is not necessarily normally my thing. I, I don't normally go for very uh, relentless, dissonant, um, blackened, death grind mix-ups but i think that the the black metal touches actually work really nicely in this um it sort of adds a what i would call an invisible oranges element to it where there's there's enough of this sort of like this tremolo aspect and this not an epic thing but but you you kind of like you get these riffs that you can really latch onto even though the music's very intense there's little proggy bits as well there's occasional bits of d beat in there the lyrics are all in catalan i think super intense guttural vocals absolutely beats the shit out of you it's actually one of the reasons that i included this album in my top 10 is this is the only album that i've included that's like this and it, it's just if you want an album that's going to absolutely pummel you then then check these guys out they're a small underground uh band from spain but they fucking rule very very fucking sick and i'm sure that they really appreciate all of your pronunciations uh, just very well done and if anyone could do it it would definitely be jimbo um <laughs> the metal architect your number eight slot what you got number eight i have a band from san francisco called for lesson with their black uh album called black terrain this is the second album they put out and it's it's a doom, but they also do some black metal and some ambient as well. Uh, and it features two former members of the botanist. So if any, if you're a fan of the botanist, you know, this is going to be kind of a strange album. And it is the first, there's four tracks and it's about an hour long. So it's, it's a very demanding listen. First track and the final track are doom songs but sandwiched in there's ambient and black metal and the black metal on there is fucking phenomenal uh and so is the doom but it's like i said it's very demanding but it's a very rewarding listen and i first listened i was like this is gonna be in my top 10 i know it I, and I, I i go back to it almost weekly because it, it'll chew up an hour of your of your day it is it's not one that you can just throw on and like oh it's in the background whatever you're listening to it it de it demands your attention, and uh, I can't wait to see what they do next. Because even their first album is pretty phenomenal. But uh, yeah, that's for less than Black Terrain. Fantastic. Uh, for myself, it's an album that completely shouldn't be on this list. Um, I'm surprised it's there. I can't remember how I started listening to it. 
It doesn't make sense. It's, it shouldn't make sense why it's on this list. came out October 21st, so not too long ago, but I've been listening to it just about every day since then. Uh, Brutus Unison Life uh, came out via Sergeant House. It is so fucking catchy, and it, it, it is, is the most punk rock thing that I've ever liked in my life. Um, very bass-driven, and I think I appreciated it a lot more when I realized that the vocalist was also the drummer. I think that is something that like just convinced me like that the little faults in the vocals which are amazing were more acceptable because she was also playing drums stephanie uh just amazing it's it's very it reminds me of and i think the reason why i think i like it is that it reminds me of my project that i had in the early 2010s the era of which is a very bass driven project uh with sparse um guitar work with with a lot of effects but they're just it's it's so fucking catchy the choruses are just incredible the verses are well written as well a- amazing songwritership uh, i just I love it. I, I can't like it. I love it. It's, it's very punky, very like post-punk, uh, something that I would never expect to like or even have on the top 10, but it's there and it's there to stay. And it's an album that I know that I will enjoy for the rest of my life. Uh, here we are. Number seven, only one number seven, everyone. Uh, Philip from the Whispers from the Void podcast. What's your number seven? Well, we are going in Montreal this time with Incandescence, Le Coeur de l'Homme. Um, yeah, so this album, well, I met Phil and Louis Paul from uh, Incandescence this year uh, at BG Boisier Urbain um, for the release of the Incandescence beer. And wow, it, like they are fucking great. They're fucking great, dude. The album is fucking good. Like the album is so like it's black metal at the purest, the purest black metal you can find. It's it's not a mix of genre. It's black metal. You want some black metal? You put Incandescence. And it's all in French. So if you want to learn French, go check Incandescence. You will learn French. <laughs> Evan, go for it. You're number seven. All right. So even though this album's my number seven, um, they're number one in all of our hearts. And honestly, I don't think I could think of a better band that emerged uh these past couple of years and these guys i went with half all that was promised uh released march 4th under will tip records i mean if you guys haven't heard this record you have to if you don't know who half is you live under a rock and, and that's that's it man i mean we we got to see them play at rpm fest uh frank played with a broken foot uh and he still killed it i mean these guys are just they're monsters, you know? And I mean, I know Jerry was talking about like the, uh, the old school death metal bands that are out there right now. Um, it's actually savagely, it's, un- it's sad to see that half doesn't get as much recognition as they deserve compared to all of the other hype bands that are out there right now. And, you know, these guys, these, I mean, they deserve to be in these circles to be talked about. They're fantastic. Absolutely true. And uh, I believe typically members of Hath come to these Thirsty Thursday recordings and they knew that they'd be on all our lists. So they're too bashful to come hang out with us. Jimbo, which which uh, number seven made the cut? Well, I mean, the, uh, the I had to trim my number sevens down, as you know. Uh, but the, 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 we're coming in, actually, I've uh, been chatting with another resident... Um, uh, review crew member Mochi the cat, and he's uh, he's unable to 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 be on online as he is unfortunately able to he can't he cannot converse with us in speech that we can understand. But uh, he has communicated with me in his uh, his 
his own unique ways uh, that that he has selected for number seven this evening. Uh, German black metal band Vortiga with their album Striving Towards Oblivion. Mochi loves black metal, loves this album. And if Philip is uh, talking about a pure black metal album, this this certainly this this is a good follow up for this. So this is a sort of very epic sounding melodic black metal album. It's it's this in it sort of fits in this vague genre called cosmic black metal. Um, it's got the bet by I think by far my favorite album cover art of this year. Um, it it it's really well recorded. It's very well composed, excellent vocals, really razor sharp riff work. Um, the more I've listened to this, like it, I listened to this earlier in the year and it would not have been in my top 10, but the more I listened to it, the more it grew on me. It reminds me a little bit of the um, American black metal band Armare Cognitum, but it's a little bit more digestible because the songs aren't all 20 minutes long. So it's like a good <laughs> four minute song length, uh, which is a little bit easier to handle. And you know, if you um, walk into the store and you want some black metal, uh, yeah, well, it depends on how far you are from the store, but yeah, exactly. If you want to walk to the store and also imagine that you're, you're, you're living in the movie alien, this is perfect. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's your store walking experience that you want, but, uh, but, but that's the feel it, it's a, it's a phenomenal album. Amazing. And it is true that um, Jimbo had to share his list with Maki. So uh, we appreciate that sacrifice as well, having to share your list with Maki, the the other personality of your review self. The Metal Architect, what, number seven. Number seven, I have a band from France. Uh, I'm not sure if it's an acronym, but it's ACOD or ACOD. Uh, fourth Rain Over Apostates and Beyond. They're a blackened thrash band. And similar to what Jimbo was saying with Vorga, it was at first I was like, yeah, that's good. And the more I listened, it just kept growing on me and growing on me. They throw some symphonics into the mix as well. And it like pulls you back in, you, you know, it kind of fades off a bit. And then the symphonics, it like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a nice touch. Uh, amazing riffing uh everything about it is really phenomenal this was their fifth album uh they've put out they've put out nothing but albums no eps or demos or anything that i could find just a, an excellent black metal album that i listen to a couple times a week now and it's it's come out recently but it's just one that's grown on me and grown on me and i can't stop listening to it so cheers to ACOD. We're putting out a stellar album. Fan fucking tastic for myself. May 13th uh, came out an album by surprise. I actually know they were hyping it up a little bit before. I did not like any of the stuff that they were showcasing. It was a, it's like a super group because it consists of two members of Radiohead. I'm talking about the smile, uh, a light for attracting attention. Now, you're like, this is supposed to be a metal thing, but, uh, you know, I'm a multifaceted human and I like uh, all kinds of shit. And I love Radiohead and uh, I love this record. And it's everything you'd expect from a Radiohead album, everything that you expect to come from Tom York. Um, less, A little bit less electronic than Adams for Peace, which is a band that I also enjoyed, but I definitely was more of a Radiohead fan. Uh, a little bit back, like 
stripping back all the electronic stuff and going back to just simple guitar songwriting on some of the tracks, which I really appreciated, like going back to those early Radiohead albums. Tom York's vocals are amazing. The complex music structures that are presented in a very simple, digestible way that you it's fucked up shit that's going on, but you don't understand that it's fucked up. It sounds normal. Big fan of stuff like that. Catchy, smooth, um, yet... And, and comforting is, is really the, the, what I'd have to imagine it is. The smile, uh, a light for attracting attention. I like it. Uh, number six, Phil, what do you got? Well, I have a fit for an autopsy. Oh, what the future holds. I don't know what the future holds, but I know this album is good. So, <laughs> so all of what the future holds. Well, fit for an autopsy. Um, I don't know that band that much. I've discovered them because of the Sea of Tragic Beast. And I was like, wow, that album is great. I thought at first it was Gojira, but like with more like steroids. Yeah, I discovered them because of that album. And when I heard they were they release Oh What the Future Old, I was like, okay, let's listen to it. And it's catchy, it's intense. It's there's still this Gojira vibe in a way, but it's more, it's better. It's better than Gojira. I'm sorry to say it's better. I I just love it. I love the mix between Deathcore and the this style. I really I love it. Uh yeah. It, it, it's been it's very suck to be me because I, I cannot just say more than I love it. <laughs> I'm glad that you know what you love, Phil, and we love you for that. The other half of the Whispers from the Void podcast, Evan Welch, what do you got at number six? On February 18th, uh, under Nuclear Blast, uh, Immolation released Acts of God, and uh, I've been a part of that since it came out. I mean, stand the test of time. I mean, the Immolation, you know, what more can you ask for? It's fucking fantastic. 15 songs. It's a lot going on. Um, I am not a big emulation expert, but I really dug this album. It was just brutal through and through in, in your face. I mean, man, you just don't like Jesus after, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so this is another, this is another pick that, uh, that Mochi communicated to me through his feline ways, which is, um, nostalgia. Milieu de l'hiver. So this is a one man uh, or one person black metal project from Mexico. So it has this kind of class, this, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it depressive black metal because it's, it's maybe a little bit more, you know, it, it sort of evokes this, this sort of second wave uh, black metal thing that it might, it's a little bit reminiscent of dissection or emperor at times, but much more stripped down. So the, the riffs are very classic black metal. Um, but it's got these, these progressive elements, dark metal elements, uh, really, really good vocals. And it's the reason that I, uh, that I mentioned depressive black metal is that it's got this very, very melancholic feel to it. So, you know, because the one person project, uh, it, it, it's, it's quite minimalist. The, the, it, it's, um, got, uh, these piano sections that, that are, that are, that are also quite, I don't know. The whole album feels quite, quite sort of sad, 
but the the riffs, the atmospheric touches, um, it, it's it's really emotive, really really evocative. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of some old Merkwood demos from from the nineties, but much better produced and, and put together. But it's it's there's like really beautiful tracks on here, um, particularly the track uh, Liminal, which I really liked. This is an album that I came into very late in the year. I think it was relate released in October or so. So I haven't. Uh, really put together my thoughts on it very well, but also it has saxophone. And so for me, this is like, this is the year of black metal saxophone because <laughs> I'm also going to talk about another album later. And I never thought I would be talking about black metal and saxophone at all ever. But now I've got two albums in my top 10 that, that, that are fucking incorporating saxophone into it. But, but this is, this is a really, really beautiful album um, that that's well worth checking out. If you're into very, very sort of uh, minimalist um, uh, atmospheric black metal. Fucking right. The Metal Architect, number six. Number six. Uh, anybody that knows me, I'm a big melodic death fan, so this one should come to zero surprise, and that's the Halo effect, Days of the Lost. Uh, this is what I feel like if Michael Stane had stayed at In Flames and they had all, that core group had all stayed together, is what In Flames would sound like today. And what what really made me love this album a lot is every track sounds different. No two tracks sound completely identical. I really love the Matt Hafey inclusion on the next to last track. Uh, his his spot was guest spot was perfect. Like they threw him in at the perfect time. Voice sounded perfect for that. Uh, it just it takes me back to when I first started getting into extreme metal when I was listening to bands like Children of Bodom, In Flames, Dark Tranquility. Uh, this is perfect nostalgia album. Uh, it could have been higher on my list, but this year, as we've talked about, has just been completely stacked. It's just like every week there's material that comes out. It's like, damn, this could be in a top ten, but. I don't know if it's going to make the cut, but yeah, Days of the Lost by the Halo Effect. Really hope they tour this throughout the world because I would love to see those guys together on stage here in the States. I would definitely pay top dollar to see that. Definitely going to happen. I think they are doing a bunch of stuff in Europe right now. I imagine they are going to come over here in 2023. And if you guys are ever like trying to like find your way through all the new material that's coming out every single week. Jerry, the Metal Architect, adds these albums to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. It's available on my website. I post it every week on my socials. Go check it out. He is a busy man. I don't know how he does it, but he does it, and every week he packs it up. It's going to be hours and hours long this year, Jerry. It's, it's quite impressive. Uh, for myself, number six, uh, Zeal and Ardor, self-titled. I had a chat with Manuel early last year before the Apple Chaos. Before the album came out, I'd been a fan beforehand. I was excited for the conversation. We really hit it off. He was immediately just a cool person that I can imagine being friends with, going and drinking beers with, um, going to dinner with. Um, enjoyed the album. Then I listened to the album because I never listened to stuff that is before the album's release. I just don't like doing that. I like experiencing an album on album release day. It's just something that I'm do. It's how I am. So, so, um, 
listened to the album, just loved it. It's it's, it's earworm catchy. Every song is memorable. Uh, the weird mixture of metal, industrial, um, the the clean vocal usage. And then I saw them live, and it's perfect. It's it's exactly like the CD with the three vocalists on stage. All the three vocalists are prominently placed. It's not the Manuel show, despite the fact that he is basically the main songwriter. It's interesting how the concept of him being the main songwriter, but yet having everyone be a part of the project is very interesting and very appreciated. And the music feels like it. It feels like it's a community thing, yet it's definitely his identity. Very interesting, catchy, soulful uh, it'll make you dance, which is something I don't like to do, but I did and do when I listen to it. Love it. You know, Zeal and Arter came out February 11th. It's I knew that it would be on this list at that point, and here it is. We're halfway, so uh, we're going to crack new beers. You uh, can either not finish the beers that you're drinking right now or finish them later but let's introduce a second beer for the second half of this chat starting with philip and then you can jump into your number five that's how we'll go through this new beer number five album Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. It's funny because I just opened this beer. Uh, it's Bill in a Barrel by Saint Baron. Uh, this Bill in a Barrel, it's uh, American Barty Wine Agent Cognac Barrels. Number five, Werewolves from the Cave to the Grave. Man, that album, it's, uh, how can I say? Werewolves is very, it's, um, could say it's a roller coaster. First album, I didn't like it as much. Second album was fucking great. It was number two last year. And this year, it's number five because it's great. But just like, it, it's not as memorable as the second one. But there's some good earworm. There's some good, like, catchiness. Some good brutality. And also, last year, you had I Don't Like You. This year you have the fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you from the <laughs> self-help book burning. It's just like it begins the album like this. It's like, fuck it. Fuck you, fuck you. I'm just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You got it. You got it. It's good. Uh great album. Uh to to be fair, it could I don't know if it, if it could be better, but yeah, it's a great album. I love it. 
Evan, go for it. Uh, the next beer was Grim Ritual uh, Pilsner from Four Phantoms, where, um, I ha- listen, Matt, I'm not telling you how to do your job, but I highly recommend you hook up with them. I, I have I have the, a note on in my notepad called Pit Culture, and right Drew from Four Phantoms is, is in that list. Because of me! <laughs> on to the next one um number five for me was a uh, temple of void summoning the slayer and i really enjoyed this record another death doom more doom i think it's because i became a dad this year that suddenly doom is like <laughs> just so prominent in my life i really i really liked it uh i know that they kind of were really just sort of like laying back for a little bit and then they came out with this record this year released on the relapse records i don't know i i i heard so many kind of mixed things about it i think it's because of the presentation but i really enjoyed it i mean you guys should definitely give it a listen it does take probably one or two to roll through and then you really can kind of appreciate what they're trying to do very sweet jimbo second beer fifth album uh my second beer is an imperial stout by uh propeller beer um called nachtflug which is good so we're under the stout and the uh the it's it's actually we got what like three mochi picks in a row uh he actually reviewed this one with his tiny tiny paws tapping tapping on the uh tapping on the keys this is a a swedish black metal band called uh bleg um and the the album is fairing and this is a re- this is a, a really really cool album so they actually so bleg basically they they did this four album cycle where they were going to do one album for each season and uh they started with they started with summer and they've now ended with spring and this is definitely my favorite of the four albums they're all good but this this is all of the albums are very very good of evoking the particular feelings uh so the the winter based album is is very very wintry it's got this icy element that's reminiscent of uh like you know classic norwegian black metal but the 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 spring one manages to bring a little bit more hope into it, a little bit more positivity in the atmosphere. It's got a great mix of clean and 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 harsh vocals. Uh, really good integration of Swedish uh, folk elements into it as well. Very very atmospheric. I tried. I mean, I know my my list last year was very heavy on uh, on, on atmospheric black metal. Um, it's not to say that I've, I've stopped listening to that stuff, but if it, I think that my, um, you know, there was just not so many albums that came out in that style this year that, that really caught me. But the the album basically opens with this slow ambient passage, and then the the first black metal track opens with just this like horn blast. And then it it goes into the black metal, and it's just it's just so it's it's so perfect and evocative. But the if you're into this kind of stuff, um, if you're into like Panopticon or any of the other bands that I've fucking ranted about at length in the past, this is very very good album. Fucking right, the Metal Architect, second beer, fifth album. I've got the uh, Sinky Baron Ossuary, another gift from Colby, our one of our Thirsty Thursday members. Uh, my number five, uh, and I'm going to say that one through five, these could have been number one as well. 
uh, just these five were so tight. It could be one A through E, but number five for me was uh, White Ward, False Light, uh, the Ukrainian. Uh, I would say more avant-garde black metal. Uh, they, I mean, they do some traditional black metal. They do some atmospheric, but very avant-garde. Uh, like James has mentioned with the Bleg, they have used saxophone. And their sound, and this isn't the first time, their last album, Love Failure Ritual, uh, they implemented some saxophone into that album as well. And it's the, I think they kind of use it like Rivers and Nile does, but their death metal is like, it's here. We're not going to overuse it, but we're going to use it, and we don't care what you think about it. And it's a nice touch to the music. Uh, there's a lot of really cool jazz interludes in their songs i mean it'll just be straight up black metal it'll stop and the saxophone will just kick in you're just like okay that's, that's cool it's a nice touch it, it adds to the to the overall atmosphere of the album but uh that's yeah that's my number five white words false light hell fucking yes uh my second beer of the night is uh one of the four collabs that dropped for the fourth anniversary of vox and hops this is from miskatonic a shout out to mick and the rest of the crew from there for making this happen this is lucid dreams uh it's an india pale ale it's a little west coasty though um philip Ivanovic did some killer chihulu style artwork on it which totally fits miskatonic's brand and stuff i'm gonna crack this uh my fifth choice is white ward false light great minds think alike uh i like it and i really only discovered this because of james just continually pummeling our chat with this album because it came out uh april 29th and there's no way i started listening to it then um Debbie Mur- Morty Productions dropped this. It's it's fucking great. It's it's really avant-garde, very Rivers of Nile, but with way more black metal and uh, pushing the boundaries. Not comfortable. There is one little whoa oh oh section that comes in on a track that I'm not a fan of, and every time it comes on, I'm like, I don't like this. But that's okay. Um, every album has its little moment, and maybe if they didn't have that, it might be higher. But I definitely go back and listen to it a lot. It's it's catchy. It's um, progressive and the, when the sax comes in it's very tasteful i almost feel like it's a little bit more tasteful than the rivers of nile a little bit more properly placed and less used as a focal point in the song structure whereas rivers of nile really lent heavily into the sax use uh, i like it i like it very very much uh, very cool and i'm excited to see them live and see how they pull the shit off uh, philip number four of the whispers from the void podcast number four uh i have behemoth opus contra naturam it was out september 16th behemoth well it's a love and hate relationship with that band because that band was like it's black metal black and deaf they got some good some good album the Satanist was like the pinnacle of greatness for some people. For some people, it was before, but this, for me, the Satanist was is a classic. It's now a classic of Behemoth. The last album, though, it's not the best one that I heard personally. This one, I was like, yeah, it got the Satanist vibe, like the Deathless Sun, for example, I, I just think it's cla- it's catchy, but it's like it's so intense in the hatred of Christianism. 
it's so intense i was like okay okay this one is very good so yeah uh go listen to it honestly even if you don't like behemoth or if you haven't listened to him so yeah uh number four for me behemoth perfect uh evan the other half of the whispers from the void podcast I know you guys want more uh, Doom, so I have some melodic death Doom for you. Uh, Mother of Graves, Where Shadows Adorn. I really like this record. Uh, it came out October 14th under uh, Wise Blood Records. And this one was definitely one of those, like, I tend to search Bandcamp a lot, just randomly. And it kind of popped up, and it grabbed me instantly. And, I I mean, I love it. Uh, of Solitude and Stone, it's the fifth song on the record it's probably my song of the year because i constantly it's always in my ears somehow like and spotify can tell you it is my song of the year so definitely love them uh, check it out if you have it fan fucking tastic jimbo number four i mean it's a it's a band that nobody has been discussing so i'm going to this sort of let me let me reveal my knowledge of the underground to you a band called hath <laughs> <laughs> all that was promised no i mean this i if uh, this this is a phenomenal a, a phenomenal album i only discovered hath through uh the involvement with the thirsty thursdays uh group and this is th- this album is 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 truly truly um really really great it's uh, a devastating album massive vocals what I like about the vocals on this is they're they're really good at times. They actually remind me of um, Mikhail Ackerfeld on, on the the Fathomless Mastery, uh, which is one of my favorite vocal performances of all time. But he stays really intelligible, which I think is is great. There's but there's progressive influence in this. There's touches of Gojira in the groovy parts. There's lots of tempo changes. There's atmospheric parts. Really good drumming, catchy as hell. I think that the chugging riff from uh, Lithopedic might be the best headbanging moment of 2022. It's just uh, relentlessly good um, and, and really epic death metal. So uh, very highly recommend. Pale Half. Jerry Monk, number four. All right, number four is Portugal's Guerrilla with Mirage. This is their third album, second on Seasons of Mist. This band came on my radar with their first album, Unsettling Whispers, and I was like, man, this is like, this makes me feel dirty and like, just it's like disgusting. Like, it, like I'm a horrible, worthless person after listening to these guys. And they managed to up the catharsism on this album, but make it more bright and not as dark as their previous albums. I know their last album was on my top 10. I believe that was 2020. Uh, but man, this... This I reviewed this album, first listen, totally blew me away. I didn't know how they would top their last one. I, hell, I didn't even know how they would, the, would top the first one with the second one. But these guys, I think, are one of the most important black metal bands out there right now. Uh, they recently just toured with Gaul's Word in Europe. Uh, they're in uh, South America right now, working their way up through Mexico as well. So I hope they can come over to North America because it would be an instant go buying my ticket immediately. No bad things to say about this album. It's, it's dark, it's light, it's heavy, it's soft. It's, they 
know when to change tempos at the right moment. It's just, it's a beautiful album. I can't get enough of these guys and uh, I can't wait to see where they go because the sky's the limit for these guys. I agree. They, they were one of the ones that did not make the cut, but that was an album that I loved and I really enjoyed very, very much. And they are always in character as I'm watching in the chat, people are writing this. Uh, I had a chat with one of them and they were like, you can't release the video because we are always in character. So true to the word, they're always in character and really fucking good. And uh, Salve, they're one of the singles they put out, the breakdown in that song, it just, the whole song just bottoms out and then takes off again. It's 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 probably one of my favorite parts of a song of this year because it just comes out of nowhere and just it's like you're falling. This is incredible. Fan-fucking-tastic. Number four for me, Holy Fawn, Dimensional Bleed, came up via Triple Crown. I, I love Holy Fawn. I have for the past four or five years. Um, there's something about them that's it's very ethereal. It's, it's like beautiful yet uncomfortable. Excellent songwriting. It's something you could put on in the background while you're doing some work, but it's definitely still a little bit captivating. Uh, it's very like not pretentious deaf haven is is sort of the vibe i get from it it's they seem to be more down to earth i don't know why uh super melodic the screaming harsh sections are abrasive yet still beautiful it's like serenity laced violence is how i described them in the past and i i stand to that it's a i was looking forward to the album we look forward to a lot of albums sometimes we're disappointed this is one that it paid off in dividends we can say i liked it very very much more than i expected to like it and i still listen to it frequently top three we've reached it uh let's jump through this philip go for it well uh my top three my my third it's um Aeternam. Uh, hair of the rising sun well when you hear rising sun you hear japan but it's not talking about japan it's talking about constantinople it's very like it's arabic vibe it's death metal but with arabic vibe it's a rap metal <laughs> it, let's do a fucking genre arab metal arabic metal or something but it got this vibe like you feel you are like in in this city in this city you you just feel you are in like middle orient it's it's so weird it's like they are able to take you and just make you do like a journey with, within the city that doesn't exist anymore so it it's very weird that album was like it's a journey it's a journey um, I don't know how to describe it more. <laughs> I saw that the GMPQ 10 year anniversary party, which I hosted in 20 VI, they are super progressive. Um, the vocals are amazing, like from harsh to clean back and forth while he's playing guitar, just fucking unbelievable. And you were like, you should listen to this album, this new album. And I haven't yet. So I, I will. I will because you're inspiring you me now. I want to I wanna go to Constantinople with Phil whispering in my ear, Constantinople. Constantinople! <laughs> Constantinople! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I have... Etherius uh, Leiden, uh, released uh, January 14th under the Artisan Era. Uh, some tech death. I normally have at least one, 
Um, I really enjoyed it. It, it. it captured me very early in the year, being that it released in January, and it just always made my rotation. And it, you know, what's funny is every time, like, I make my playlist for the year as I put in 2020 albums, uh, songs from this album always came up. I always enjoyed it. I thought it was something a little different. Um, I think Tech Death could use something a little different. So it's at least a little different enough where it, it kind of grabbed me. I wouldn't say that it's like way out in left field, but it still holds true. It's like, pro- it's more progressive than I would say tech death has been in recent years. So fucking right. Jimbo number three. Yeah. We, this is an, this is another, uh, another pick that Mochi whispered into my ear. This is a, an, another Spanish band. So I ended up actually with, three Spanish bands in my top 10. So this is, uh, this is Cruz Confines de la Cordura. And this is, this is a, um, this is another album that really grew on me. I picked it up a, a, a number of months ago and the more I listened to it, the, the, the more it sort of moved up in the, the ranks of my, my top 10 for the year. This is a very, thrashy old school death metal album it's got black metal influences incredible energy like if you 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 really have to hear it to know what i'm talking about but it has the i don't really like it when fucking bands do this intro track one minute bullshit at the beginning i mean sometimes it works sometimes it's good but like like normally you skip it because you just want to get to the actual metal but on this one it it actually kind of works because they lull you into this false sense of security with some ambient bullshit and then the 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 actual first metal track which is track two erupts (laughs) by by it's very rare that you have a death metal song that starts on a solo but this just fucking shreds. It's really good. So it, the, the guitar tone is very much in that old school asphyx, dismember, buzzsaw tone. It's really, really good. Very energetic. A lot more energetic than a lot of um, old school death metal that I hear these days. Which, uh, which I also like. I love a lot of a lot of the old school stuff that comes out. But, but some of it is, you know, a little bit more more doom focused. A little bit lackluster. Maybe this is very very energetic um it's i think it's impossible to listen to this this album without without headbanging some some massive riffs perfect amount of reverb on the vocals um and a, 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 a incredible year for um spanish death metal they're doing so much good stuff fucking fantastic go spain i can't wait to be back over and playing death metal in spain and banging my heads with uh, hopefully some killer spanish bands Playing with Cryptopsy. The Metal Architect, number three. Number three is Undeath. It's time to rise from the grave. These guys, man, I I feel they are at the top of the heap of this new wave of old school death metal. Just the, the songwriting on this album, is I didn't know how they would top Legions, but... God damn, this album fucking hits hard. It, the production is a little bit better than the last one. I feel that Alex's vocals improved a lot from that album to this album. The solos in this album are well-timed, well-placed, and fucking f- amazing. It's a, it's a fun listen. You're always headbanging. You're just 
and they're great live. I just saw them this past Friday in a small venue with 200 stab wounds. And it was just mass chaos the whole fucking time. I was basically on stage with the band. That's how small this venue was. I can't say enough good things about these guys in this album. This album just absolutely slaps. And this is, this is only their second album. I mean, they came out with a demo and then an EP and then 2020, they dropped legions of a different kind and took the world by storm. And this, this album just, just fucking rules. And I can't wait to see where they go. I mean, they've toured with Dahlia. They've toured with Dying Fetus. They're, I know it's kind of, kind of weird. They're touring with Bayard's Murder next year as an opener. Uh, they just did this co-headliner with two, 200 stab wounds. I mean, they're constantly touring. They're going over to UK next year. So, I mean, they're taking the world by storm. So if you haven't heard it, go listen on death. It's time to rise from the grave. They fucking rule. And honestly, they're, they're super down to earth and the, all the fame and the accolades that they've been receiving have not gone to their heads. Uh, so very stoked for them. Uh, still super personable and will Right, mean just as much as they will now as they did when before Legions even came out and they were writing me trying to get on the podcast and we had that chat before Legions came out and look at what everything happened and they still we're still friends exactly the same way. So massive cheers to them and I cannot wait to see how far their star will rise because they're fucking awesome. Really fucking awesome. Uh for myself, uh, another album that came out on the same day as Zeal and Ardor and I was torn when I left my house because I listened to a lot of music when I walk. So it was like, do I listen to Zeal and Ardor or do I listen to the new Hangman's Chair? So I started with, uh, I think I started with Zeal and Ardor and I listened to a track and then I switched over to Hangman's Chair and then I finished Hangman's Chair first. So Hangman's Chair came out February 11th. It's, the album's called A Loner, Nuclear Blast. It's a, sort of like a doomy, very depressive album. Lots of like down-tuned guitars, simple chugging uh, with killer vocals, very like Alice in Chains-esque style, um, crooner-esque vocals, uh, very, very depressing. Hangman's Chair. An album that I've listened to countless times throughout the throughout the year. The, the last track, I should have written down the name, I don't remember, is something that I've listened to. Probably one of the songs I've listened to the most. The guitar riffs are catchy, down-tuned, um, droney, uh, memorable, melodic um, Amazing vocals, just just super memorable. I love I love Hangman's Chair, and I don't think they've ever come to Montreal, but I can't wait till they do. I will absolutely be there. I love them so damn much. Top two people, we did it. Philip from Whispers from the Void, number two. Let's do this. My number two is Caven, a heavy pendulum. Well, if you if you know Kevin, you know Stephen Brodsky. Stephen Brodsky has been in Converge. He has been well. He is still in Mutoid Man, which is fucking great band. I love Mutoid Man so much. And Kevin, well, when when it when it came out that album, I was like, yeah, okay, just listen to it and see what you feel about it. And I was like, yo, it's like a mix of, it's a mix of Mutoidman and Converge, really. It's heavy. And also, um, because like, this is the second album without Caleb Schofield, 
which was one of the founding member or what one of the member that were there since the beginning, if I remember. But yeah, uh, first album because Caleb Schofield died of an accident, car accident, unfortunately. So uh, since that album, he was replaced by uh, Nate Newton from Converge. And this, I was like, okay, you got the vibe of Converge a little bit, but you got this like sludgy, a little bit doomy, but very sludgy, hardcore vibe. I like it a lot. Go check Caven Heavy Pendulum. I love it. It's so good. Heavy Pendulum, Caven. Evan, number two. So this is unlike any other album I have on my list. I mean, what can I say? It's a it's a band I saw in a little dive bar in like Revere. And they've they've had such a unique sound for so long that I've always just been captured by it. And, and I had to go with a uh, moon tooth photo trough uh, released May 13th on the pure noise records. And I know how some people can feel about the vocals, you know, where do they lie? They do have some hardcore elements sometimes. And then, but they also are more rock proggy. I just really think that it's because they, they have, you know, they have co-producers with machine who did, Every time I die, and then uh, Mark Morton of Lamb of God, and I've just always really enjoyed their music. I I really love this record coming from Crux, which was so popular amongst the fans. I I really think that this one was a nice step in the right direction because I always looked at I loved uh, Chroma Paragon, and I just always thought Crux was a bit a bit of a step back for them. And if you read into what they do, then they would probably say the same thing. It's just like they talk about different tendencies. This record was just very brightening for them. So I enjoyed the hell out of it. Continue. Hell yes. And John is super fucking awesome. Excellent fucking chat with him back in before the album came out. Uh, Jimbo, number two. Yeah, I, I love that. That you started uh, started talking about how unbelievably depressing uh, an album was, Matt, and then I immediately just go and look it up because I'm like, hell yeah, that sounds fucking great, <laughs> because that's that's just what I look for in in music, apparently. Um, <laughs> my number two is uh, Immolation, Act of God. <laughs> I remember you writing, you were so happy when we got the promos for it, and you're like, this is really good. This I, is really I, good. I, I, I think mean, I'm going to write a review about this, and then you did. Fuck yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, shit. I've loved Immolation for, for a long time. They're not, in, they're not um, I mean, they were sort of one of the first death metal bands I got into. They're, the thing is, they're not as easy to listen to as as, as, as some of the other old old American death metal bands, but Jesus Christ. The the thing is that this is sort of this is everything that that at, as an immolation fan one could want. It's it's got this furious vocal delivery, really good clarity on the vocals that Ross always does. It's super brutal, has the great tempo changes, the riffs, great solos from from Bob Vinya. Um I think that Steve Shalati or Shalati, however you pronounce it, um I, I think he doesn't get enough credit as a drummer. I, I think that 
Um, but I really think that he's almost he for me, he's almost the best in the business. I mean, he's he's just so intense and and so great with the the tempo changes and and it's it's just a it's a just a punishing album overall. And it's very I find it really hard to critique immolation at this point because they're such consistent performers. Like even when they put out a band, an album like um, Kingdom of Conspiracy, which was not my not my favorite Immolation album, but even that was a great album. I mean, you, you, so the the but I feel like this this is definitely my favorite Immolation album since Majesty and Decay, and it actually might be my favorite Immolation album ever. Uh, I I it, which is really super weird for a band that's at least this band is at least five million years old. I may be off, but it's. I think you know they, they've been around fucking ages, and to put out an album this far into your career that's this good is obscene. I mean, it, it is maybe a little bit long, like fifteen tracks is a is a long album, but it's just it's wall to wall fucking bangers to use the the parlance of our time. Um, and I, I, I just can't fault it. it it's, it's a, f- a fantastic album. It sounds great. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's almost perfect, but it's only number two. <laughs> the Metal Architect, number two. All right, number two, we've got Calgary Alberta's Wake with Thoughtform Descent that came out on Metal Blade earlier this, this year. Uh, their last album, Undoing Ruin, that came out in 2020, just missed my top 10 that year. They changed from their grind black metal sound to a more blackened death with still a little bit of grind thrown in. Uh, these guys are fucking phenomenal. The songwriting on this album is through the fucking roof. Uh, they took what they did on Undoing Ruin and captured that and expanded on it it the growth on this album is fucking amazing i got to catch them live back in may with hypocrisy uh super cool dudes i'm gonna see them again next monday uh with wayfair these guys just just i I mean just from where they've gone from doing just, just beat you down grindcore to this more atmospheric blackened death is great. The I, I can't say enough good things about these these guys in this album. It's just just great, great stuff. And I can't wait to see where they go as well because they're on Metal Blade. They're on a bigger label now, and they can get a little bit more reach as than they could before on these smaller labels. But yeah, that was my number two. Uh, Wake Platform Descent, which is is actually their sixth album. I was surprised i thought some of their earlier stuff was like eps and demos but no this is their sixth full-length album to date fucking awesome a great band canadian band love them um had a great chat with them this year as well um was supposed to hang out with them and then i got the rona and i i could not go to the show because at that point you couldn't go out with the rona here in canada um number two for me uh, is a band that uh, I should know about and I did not know about, and I have not 
had the time to go back to explore the back catalog, surprisingly, because I love this album that much that I should have. And I checked out the album because I was pitched to have a chat with them from their PR person, and I did not step up and take it. And I regret that decision to this day. I'm talking about Sai Shiki uh, came up via Peaceville on August 26th. It's, it's a fucking amazing album. What a cool fucking album. It's like metal but in every facet of what metal can be all over the fucking place um the grooves on this the guitar work the the drumming the extreme vocals the clean vocals the the feel of the songwriting and song craftsmanship is superior it's it's one of the best songwriting experiences in extreme metal of the year it's uh, on my list the next one is Spoiler alert, it's not a metal album, so it is the best songwriting album for me from 2022, metal-wise. Just so fucking good. And there's singing in Japanese, so I don't understand the lyrics, and I haven't gone through the, the translation of it. But it's what a fucking album. If you have not checked out Shiki from Psy, you absolutely should. You're missing out on something. It's 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 an experience that should be lived. It's it's a fucked up album. And if you like fucked up music, you're gonna like Psy's Shiki. We have reached it. Drum roll, everyone. We have reached number one, the best albums according to us, the Vox and Hops album review crew and myself of twenty twenty two, Philip of Whispers from the Void. What is well, your number one album? And you can only oh, name one. I can't. Get racked, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck up! Look, I'm putting I you under fire. You must choose one. I cannot choose one. And I can't. And, and yeah, like I can't. Like it's impossible. I cannot. Like, okay, so, so, so pick, one, pick one and then I'll, I'll roll through everyone and I'll come back to you again. Uh, okay, so... My first, my first number one. <laughs> you live a fantastic life. <laughs> yeah, I got a fantastic life. Devin Townsend, light work. It, it just, it, it's my idol. If you know me, you know Devin Townsend. Like, I just preach to him. Like, I go, like, on my knees. I just, like, oh, Devin Townsend, you're the greatest. Every fucking night. I do it. It's very tiring. I know. But yeah, I love this guy so much. It's just like each time he's releasing something, I buy it. I don't know why. That's why I'm broke now. But yeah, <laughs> I just love Devin Townsend. He's just a great guy, great artist. Like he's doing so much thing at the same time, so much style at the same time. This one is more calm compared to other of his like albums that he released before it's more calm it's more like melodic i mean it's so good just go listen to it and i did a review in french go listen to it you have no excuse if you only talk french evan all right well so when i first heard this record i didn't really give it a ton of thought uh not until probably like towards the end of the month but it came out June 10th under Prosthetic Records, and that was uh, Yatra, Born into Chaos. That was my record of the year. And really what it comes down to is it just comes down to musicianship and what you get, what they're able to do. I mean, those three are fantastic. 
And I've really enjoyed all of their records so far. Um, they took a little bit like, they, you know, they released in 2019, released in 2020, skipped one year and came back. And man, I just just thoroughly impressed. And what really did it for me, too, was seeing them live. And I think that really just like appreciating an album when someone performs it, um, that could always make or break. And it really made it for me. I'm, it's, it's, it was unbelievable. Um, and I still, I listen to it every day, at least twice a day at this point. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Wow. It's fantastic. Okay. I'll give it a spin just, just because you said that. <laughs> they're very good live i saw them in a very small venue and they they fucking kill they and it's surprising too because like i said they're just a three-piece you know yeah, they, they you they get on stage you kind of think all right whatever and then they start playing they fucking blow you away yeah, maria they, is a fucking she's killer yeah and they're all they're all the nicest fucking people i, oh, I talked to them and yeah they all there, but yeah, they get on stage and it's t- totally different. Like on a fantastic sludgy death. You don't get it, doesn't really get much better. It's really the simplicity that does it for me. You know, just the mastery behind it is awesome. Jimbo, number one. All right. Sorry. I, I was distracted for a moment because I was in my band camp putting Yatra on my uh, wish list, which is my usual thing. It's like I'm always. I'm always like I, I had to go and put the sigh on there as well because they're a band that I know is like legendary in 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 black metal, but I just never got into for for whatever reason and never checked out. But for my um number one, Mochi and I have reached a consensus in a in a in a in a first in in human feline relations, and we have uh, selected White Ward. Which we've already talked about, um, false light. It was my man Giannis that that first put me onto this band with their their previous album, and then I I sat on that that recommendation for a couple of years, and and honestly, I think it was the the saxophone that sort of put me off initially, but it works so well. Like they 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 because I'm not re- I'm not. I don't dislike jazz, but I'm not what you'd call a jazz guy, and I'm certainly not a hey. Let's take extreme metal and put jazz into it. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm fucking not. I'm really not that guy. But this, this, it with this, it, it works really well because they use the saxophone and the trumpet and the piano to create this sort of really, um, this particular atmosphere. The the this sort of desolate urban atmosphere. It sort of feels like you're. You're walking through some sort of deserted, post-apocalyptic, rainy street. It's a particular kind of atmosphere that they're able to conjure. That it's sort of it's a little bit corny because it it well, it's not corny, but it reminds me of like watching like a gritty '80s cop drama or something. It's a weird, it's a very particular sort of saxophone. But anyway, it works really well. And then they've crafted all of this this amazing black metal around it, but it's got so many influences. It's got this um, like post rock and, and a lot of eighties and nineties goth. There's parts, there's, there's parts of, of one particular track that sounds like sisters of mercy. 
that that's really good. I mean, I know you don't like the uh, the whoa, oh, whoa. Oh, but, but look, but look, it's I'm I'm all about the whoa, oh, oh. no, <laughs> no. I mean, it's it's not my it's not my favorite part, but it, I I think I feel. I feel I, I feel like it 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 sort of they wear their influences on their sleeves. So they've got these hardcore influences and they really embrace it and it, they they really make it work. There's got the 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 black metal is done very very well. Um, you've got incredible fucking drumming, um, really good harsh vocals, but then it's matched with these clean vocals that sound like they're from a goth rock album. It could be. You could, it could be the parts of it sound like Robert Smith, um, really crushing breakdowns. I, I suppose the reason that I put this ahead of the Immolation album was was that for me this was sort of something new. The Immolation album is great, is is a fantastic album, but it, for me it's really just Immolation performing in their best possible form. Whereas this for me was really was really putting a bunch of disparate elements together. To create something new, and every track sort of seemed like it was bringing in some some additional influences. So, uh, White Ward got the uh, got the nod from um, from Mochi and I, and also from like a really young band. Look, I don't know shit about music. I'm not a musician, but this is really like this impressed me. This is really great. Great album made my list. Made Jerry's list. There's a reason for that. Number one, Metal Architect. All right, no surprise here. Half. All that was promised. Their second full length uh, to date. Uh, this was my most anticipated album of the year. The growth on this album is off the charts. They took what they did on their on of Rotten Ruin and expanded beyond what I thought they could do. The drumming by AJ on this is fucking phenomenal. Nothing out of place. Nothing off time. It. Uh, I will be honest. It took me two or three spins to really appreciate it. At first I was kind of like, I don't know about this. Maybe a step back, but it finally clicked for me. It's a phenomenal album. I'm super proud of where they've gone. Wish they were here to like love all over them. But like you said, they're probably too shy. This, this is great. This is awesome. And like I said earlier, it could have moved up and down my list, but it's probably my, my most listened to album this year. Like James was saying, uh, Lithopatic, that's the most headbang worthy track of the year. Just pummeling. Fucking great. Uh, the songwriting is great. And yeah, I need a tour. I need a half tour, whether it's headlining or opening or direct support or whatever. I just, I need to see these guys live and meet them. And, but uh, yeah, that's my number one. Half all that was from Philip. You have a second top album of the year, the number one, the second number one, the illicit, not f- playing by the rules number one. Philip, what is your second number one? My uh, number zero <laughs> is half all that was promised. I won't talk about it too long, Phil. Except you need to show I... them all the records. Hey, stop, stop cutting me. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> but yeah, I got one. I got two. I got three. And I got four fucking vinyls of that album. That shows how much 
that I love that album. That shows how much I love half because I bought from Pete himself those four vinyls. And Pete was like, dude, you're insane. I was like, hello, I'm Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm an insane guy. I love to live And that show was amazing. Half is amazing. Other was promised is amazing. I love that album. And yeah, and I cannot choose. I'm just like, I can't, I can't. And now you know why, but yeah. For myself, it's a, a an artist that I enjoyed. I had been following her for many years since she collaborated with Mono, which is a Japanese post-rock band that I fucking love. Um, I followed her and I liked it. It was always very piano driven. And then I was like, well, let's listen to it. Let's check it. It came out October 7th uh, via Bella Union, A.A. Uh, a. Williams, As the Moon Rests. What a fucking album. She she like switched to guitar driven music. It's still very slow, ambient heavy dark moody depressive but the songwriting is phenomenal just just so catchy so sad the lyrics are dark and it's not uplifting but there's like a moment of the the melodies make it feel uplifting but it's not and it's extremely catchy just just and like i'm trying to understand the breath pad i'm like trying to learn how to sing it as i'm listening to it when she's breathing it's it's fucking beautiful it's amazing um what an album it's my album of the year i've listened to it probably every day since it came out since october 7th and it's an album i'll listen to for the rest of my life just so fucking good if you guys haven't checked it out and it's for like a rainy day it was like perfect it came out like here in montreal it was raining a lot during the fall the minimal fall that we had before winter hit and it was perfect just like this like droney like low tune guitars with melodic dark melodies and the rain anyways it was perfect it was like something that you must listen to if you haven't checked it out you gotta you, it's sort of gothy really really enjoyed it very 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 much that's it that's the top 10 of 2022 from the vox and hops album review crew and myself but of course there's gonna be more what were our favorite shows of the year phil uh my favorite show of the year well uh is it a surprise if i say rpm fest it's not a show it's a festival but fuck those band and i even if i stayed in my fucking car i slept in my car it wasn't comfortable all the fucking bands were fucking incredible i only saw two days on three day but god damn you you have to go to those two days like yatra half volcandra all fucking men like Lich King. I was like, okay, that's the best lineup. And for a little festival, to be honest. And Matt, you have to come with me next time. Next festival, you come with me. I'll take you in Montreal. We we go in my car and we go there. <laughs> fucking right. We need a photographer. We'll bring me hello with us. We'll document the yeah, whole fucking thing. Yeah, no problem. Let's do that. <laughs> Evan, what is your show of the year? Well, RPM Fest was fantastic. Uh, I was actually just looking up a lineup because I, I, for some fucking reason, I can't remember. But I did. I do remember seeing it was uh, Shadow of Intent, Whitechapel, Cannibal Corpse, and Revocation. And that that was a that was a pretty 
that was a pretty banger show. And I think what really caught me the most was Whitechapel did mostly the old stuff. And so it was a lot from like, this is exile. And I mean, it was, it was just great. It was fantastic. Cannibal Corpse is always good. Um, at the time, Eulogy had dropped. So um, Shadow of Intent was performing new stuff. I mean, it was awesome. Jimbo, show of the year. I mean, this was at Damnation Festival in Manchester this year, which was a, 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 an absolutely stacked lineup with like Stygian Bow and At the Gates playing, um, you know, amazing sets. But I, I got to go with uh, My Dying Bride. It, there was, I hadn't seen them in like eight years and they played a, a set list that was, it, I don't, I think it only had one song that was recorded in like the last 20 years. It was, it was like one song from two albums ago from Field of Misery. And then everything else was super old school. And it was just like Aaron Stainthorpe is, 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 he is almost now my, my favorite, favorite vocalist of all time. Just the fucking intensity of, of 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 how he performs on stage. I mean, on in on an album, they're good, but Jesus, I mean, uh, this is not a band that I've seen that many times. This is the third time seeing them. It was just, it was just incredible set and just an incredibly intense performance. Really, really good. But the funny thing is, I watched them and I get this sense that this is just how how he does every performance as well. It, it's really remarkable. Fucking right, Jerry Monk. Show of the year. This was a tough one because I've been to about 20 shows this year. So, but a top one for me was um, the Sugar and Flames and Torch. That show was top to bottom, left to right, was fucking amazing. Uh, Torch, I saw them with Gojira a few years ago. I had no idea who they were. Totally blew me away. So it was nice to see them one last time because I know they're hanging it up. Uh, in Flames, very influential on me, like we talked about earlier. That was my first time actually getting to see them. Uh, other times they had pulled off tours or I couldn't make it or whatever. So getting to finally getting to see them, they played some old stuff. They played some of their new stuff, which sounds fucking amazing live. Uh, that was great. And Meshuggah, even though they just kind of stood in one place and headbanged and didn't really move around, top-notch musicianship. The light show was out of this world and they played old stuff, new stuff. Uh, and just the whole room was electric the whole time. About three to 4,000 people crammed in there at the bomb factory in Dallas, just having a good time. But yeah, that was my show of the year. Hell fucking yes. For myself was a show that I wasn't expecting to enjoy as much as I did. Um, I didn't like the album. It's one of those experiences that an album dropped this year that I was super hyped for. They were pushing it, so hyped for it, and I listened to it, and it didn't connect. But then I saw it live, and then I started listening to the album, and it was fucking good, but not top 10 good, um, and that's Porcupine Tree. What a fucking show. Just so fucking cool. I think a part of it had to do with, I was with my friend Vince Berardinucci, I've had on the podcast before. Um, I wasn't working. I wasn't there with any 
reason except for to just go see a show with my friend. And I think that played a major factor into it because I've been to a, probably 50 shows this year and every one of them I was there for a reason except for this one where I was just there to watch the show and I think that had something to do with it but what a fucking show um, most anticipated album of 2023 Philip from Whispers in the Void we're going to wrap up with this go for it I don't know <laughs> I'm not like as on point in, the, in, the, in this I'm sorry <laughs> it's because the problem is we are on December 1st I mean there's like I don't see album the only album I saw is Metallica Evan 2023 what excites you yet I don't know if it will be 2023 but I'm just kind of foreshadowing something that um, I think about ever so often um, unfortunately this year we we did lose Trevor And so I hope that Black Dahlia, whatever their next record, if it does come out next year, if it does, it is a while. I hope their next record slaps just as hard as they've always done. You know, I mean, it sucks that we that, you know, we lose an icon like that for sure. I, I, I'm so anticipating what they do going forward. Um, and I mean, I've seen some of the live footage so far. And I mean, they've been, it's like they haven't skipped the beat, you know, it's, they're, they're still fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to, to what those guys. Fucking yes. Jimbo, an album that excites you next year. Um, well, I, I believe Panopticon are going to have a new album coming out next year. So, uh, as a relentless Panopticon fanboy, I assume that will be incredible. Um, so that, that's. That's it. I mean, Harakiri for the Sky also have a, a new album coming out next year. It should be cool. Um, but but the Panopticon album's got to be my most anticipated. The Metal Architect. All right, I'll make up for everybody. I've got six on my list. I've already pre-ordered the Cattle Cap. I bought the lanyard at the show when they played with Amana Marth a couple of weeks ago. Came with a code. Already ordered a physical. Seguisugabog. I'm a fan, but they've never really like done it for me. That first single was fucking killer. And Flames, Mellow Death Stan, their first four singles they put out, which I didn't know they were even put out an album till the fourth single, all have been fucking killer. Sounds like older in Flames that I fell in love with. Flub, German Black Metal Imperium Decadence, and Oak. They just announced yesterday they are dropping a album in February, which is which is uh, Guillermo from Guerrilla's other band. For myself, if everything goes well, obviously it's a new Cryptopsy release. Oh fuck! I didn't even know about. It. Can I can I change my vote? <laughs> But if that doesn't work and it comes out the following year, um, Herod is going to drop a new album via Pelagic. Uh, I am on the album, so I know that it is coming out next year, and it is. Um, it should be on everyone's radar. It's. I've been listening to it for for many months, and it's it's really fucking good. So I uh, I'm putting like this, uh, just like that. Maybe I will have an EP coming out next year. Perfect. So uh, let's say it's an anticipated album. <laughs> Fuck yes. Yeah. Vox and Hops, album review crew, Thirsty Thursday gang. This has been a blast. I had no power when we started this. I had candles. 
illuminating my face as we launched this off. I had battery packs lined up to make things work. We had Hydro-Quebec make things come back. So we're good. Uh, thank you so, so much for hanging out with me. Talking about life, metal, and craft beer. Talking about our top 10 albums of 2022 this has been a blast i hope you guys had fun too we're gonna keep hanging out but you're not gonna be listening because uh you didn't come to the hang you should have been here massive cheers to you all um i'm stoked for the future of the album review crew i appreciate you greatly we have a new member that wants to join next year which i will introduce to you all and the world in 2023 and uh who knows where this is going to go. I, I'm stoked that people hanging out, drinking beer on the internet have formed a deep relationship and one of the best messenger chats that in existence was just packed with the best music all the fucking time. It's just, I can't keep up. So keep it coming. I love you guys. Massive cheers. Say cheers. 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 Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right today. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, do I ever love the Vox and Hops album review crew. I just can't thank them enough for being a part of my life, for helping the podcast by writing reviews, for helping introduce me to countless, countless albums that I probably never would have discovered. So massive cheers to Philip and Evan from the Whispers from the Void podcast, to Jimbo and Moki, the Australians in Germany, and to the one, the only, the metal architect himself, Jerry Monk, Massive cheers to all four of you for hanging out with me, for talking about our top albums. Thank you so much for everything that you do for the podcast. I just can't thank you enough. Now, as it always is, there are probably some albums that we miss that you wish that we said. So please write me a message. Let me know on social media at Vox and Hops. Just let me know. Let us know if we've missed anything and we will most definitely check it out. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a month that will contain all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You will get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew, whom I love, you know that, I just said that earlier, have reviewed recently, and you will also get to see which albums the one the only the metal architect jerry muck himself has added to the brutal awakenings playlist there is always a lot going on in the world of the vox and hospital podcast and the best way to stay informed is by signing up to the mailing list so please do me a favor and do that the vox and hospital podcast is brought to you by sound telemedia and evergreen podcasts now on tuesday i said that this episode would be the final episode of 2022 well i lied there is one more episode that's going to drop in 2022 and it's a banger of an episode it's the beer version of this episode that's right we're doing the top 10 quebec breweries once again i'm teaming up with craig thorne of the baos podcast and noah forrest of beerism we're gonna hash through our top 10 quebec microbreweries it's always a blast and i can't wait to release that episode so that episode is coming up in the next few weeks and i'm super stoked about it so until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops hits Bowie, Dylan, Marley. 
You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.